Well, hey there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Spooky Spouses. Welcome to Spooky Spouses. My name is Jordan Reed. I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is a podcast about ghosts and other things. About cryptozoology. Crypto-molecular gastronomy. Of course. Um, urban legends. How creepy lettuce can be in general. It can be. Have you ever gotten lettuce and you've gotten a little worm in there? <laughs> I got it in my broccoli one time. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you usually have to go to the doctor if you got a if you got a little wormy in your broccoli. Uh, yes, I have actually, Lindsay. Uh, see, I've had uh, worms in my broccoli and spiders in my nanders. <laughs> 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 it sucks. It does. But anyways, uh, sorry for the language, but man, it stinks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, if this um, is your first time listening, Lindsay and I talk about things that are paranormal or things that are silly and things that are creepy within the whole paranormal universe, the para universe. Yeah, we've gotten personal stories <laughs> that people have emailed us, which was great. Yeah, um, you know, it was great reading those emails. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Each week, Lindsay will bring in a story or a topic, and I will bring in the same thing, and we discuss it for the first time on the show. We have not discussed it together yet. We have not, ever. I promise. I pinky swear. Touch blue. Make it true. Triple stamp it. No erases. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we just talk about anything creepy. If you have anything creepy, you could email us at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or a shout out at Twitter or Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Mm-hmm. You can join in the conversation. If you know anything that we're discussing on the show, if you have any fodder for us to discuss in future episodes, holler at us. Let us know. Say boo. <laughs> at us. At us. At us, please. Well, last week we had um, our composer of our spooky spouse theme, Eli Chambers, on. Which you just heard. We talked about scary music stuff. David um, Bowie and stuff like that. Yeah. What else? The we, mamas and the papas? How she we, choked on a sandwich? Yeah. We talked about your topic, which was I the had chupacabra. A I had a game, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, honeymoon, the honeymooners game, or no, the newlyweds game. The ghoulyweds. Ghoulyweds game. The ghoulyweds game. Um, and then you talked about spooky movies. I talked about spooky romance movies. Mm-hmm. And then we played kind of a love or hate relationship with... Uh, movie monsters. Movie monsters. Speaking of movies... Lindsay and I just watched a movie last night on Netflix. It's a new program, up-and-coming program, <laughs> uh, and they, they do mail-order uh, VHS tapes. You kind of just, like, watch it and relax. Like, I don't know, you kind of, like, Netflix and chill, I guess? Do you? <laughs> well, it's kind of, like, watching cozy. Yeah, we did sort of a thing where we observed and, uh, observed and lounged. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a thing we did. But there was a there was a monster movie on there called what's it called the the ritual the ritual, it's a straightforward monster movie. Pretty good. It's great. I thought it was great. All all too often these monster movies these ding dang monster movies are too far fetched or there's just too much stuff in there's them. There's too much backstory. This one was just nonstop spooky. Couple of dudes in the woods who get chased by a creepy thing. Yeah, watch it. It's a good one. It's very good. But that kind of that whole realm inspired me. For my topic for this week. Okay. Well, I went first last week, so. So that's why I said it, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm diving in. Are you ready? Yeah. So my topic this week, uh, inspired by the movie The Ritual, it was kind of what like sort of witchcrafty stuff, creepy sort of pagan 
religious things, woodland creatures and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of a psychological thing, but kind of witch-based. And I remember I mentioned to you, oh, this seems a lot like the Baba Yaga, which is that creepy chicken-legged witch. But what I decided to do is I have sort of a list because I love them a lot. And... (laughs) This is or the this is a list of boogeymen or boogie creatures around the world and what they do and who they are. Okay, so are they like kind of urban legends or I mean I guess so. They're it's, like a mix between an urban legend and a monster. Well, an urban legend can be a monster. Like an urban right. legend isn't just like a specific type of creature. They're they're urban legends in a sense where They're passed down from generation to generation. Historically, they've kind of just hung on. But each of them is its own type of monster. So, like, the Babadook could be a mon- like, could be a boogeyman. The Babadook for sure could be a boogeyman. Okay, because he's not really an urban legend, but he's- No, but it- but it kind of is. Still a monster, yeah. It kind of is an urban legend. So, there's- there's the whole, like, urban legends or urban myths is this big, encompassing thing. And then within an urban legend or an urban myth, you have separate little things, like- there's the cars flashing their blinkers behind you, which is an urban right. legend. But then there are monsters that are like, or anything that's historically sort of passed down generationally. That's a type of urban legend as well. Okay. So these are urban myths, urban legends, uh, regionally throughout the world, but they're monsters. Okay. And this, this list I found online has this cool key. It tells you their habitat. If it's water, desert, darkness, or the forest, what type of form they can be. A demon, a human, or a goblin, and a few other ones. Size and then fright factor. Oh. So, so how scary, how not scary, and how tall or how little. Well, that stinks if, like, say, this one of these boogeymans, like, got tech savvy. And they, like, looked themselves up. Because, like, everybody's Googled themselves. And then, like, their fright factor is, like, really low on the chart. And they're like, man. Like, there's been a few times where, <laughs> where you've Googled, like, quote, Lindsay Reed, end quote. And, quote, super strong, end quote. And, like, you just find all these things about you, how you're just, like, too strong for most for most humans. Uh, yeah. Have you done that? I have to do that no. A lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I've never done that, ever. Oh, okay. Me life. either, I promise. Okay. <laughs> so, a boogeyman typically is, is a creature that, and all of these creatures specifically targets kids who are nasty. That nasty kid. If you're just like a real, if you're just a being a butt, it's kind of like Santa Claus, you know, passed over your house, kind of like Krampus. If you've been bad that year, you don't get anything. So there's this whole, there's this whole thing of if you're bad, you get punished somehow by one of these creepy demos or these creepy boogies. If you're a nasty boy. If you're a nasty boy, Janet Jackson. Ooh, we should insert. Hold on, I'm going to go, I'm going to go yell at our dog. Okay, so first things first, we're going to go with what we know. And it's the Boogeyman. Now, the Boogeyman originated in England. It's called the Boogeyman, uh, the Boogie, or the Bogey, or the Bugbear. Those are different names for the Boogeyman. And it speaks English, which, thank God. (laughs) Right, because I wouldn't understand what it was yelling at. Like, what if it told you to do something in, like, Japanese? And I was like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I don't speak. I think you're speaking Japanese, but you're also scary. You have to hold on. Give me a minute while I download Duolingo and like try to figure this out. <laughs> if you were to download Duolingo as opposed to like any other translation program, it would be so funny. Cause be like, hold on, just give me like three or four months and let me just figure this out. Please, just please give me three or four months. Just compromise with the boogeyman. Please let me win. I need to win a medal because I've done three exercises in one day. Please just give me a sec. Three to four months, please. 
<laughs> I think that's funny. Okay. <laughs> um, but the boogeyman, well, I, I guess it's just nice that it speaks at least your native language. Because if a big demon is running at you and is screaming, I'm going to get you, but yeah, yeah, in a different language, I think that would be much more scary because I wouldn't know what they were saying. Because what if they were just saying something polite? You look great. And then, but they're, <laughs> but they look terrible. <laughs> so the boogeyman is more of a nuisance than a danger, it says here. Easily neutralized by bright light. His name uh, probably originates from the Middle English booga, meaning something frightening. So the scary person or the scary man. Then we might have just a couple of boogeymans in our neighborhood. Just scary men? In general. <laughs> or scary people, shadowy yeah. people. I think the one the one dude who always in the morning walks his labradoodle around without a leash and it runs in everyone's yard, to me, that's kind of a scary man. Yeah, because it's more of a nuisance <laughs> than it is like yeah. harmful. And he is scared by bright light. I shine my flashlight on him and he runs away. <laughs> He does not Don't, do my labradoodle. He does. does he hates it. <laughs> the next one, this is from the Netherlands, and I'm going to, not on purpose, but probably butcher the name, the Bokenrijders. Okay. Bokenrijders. From the Netherlands, also from perhaps Germany or Belgium. The name Bokenrijders translates to the buck riders, and they ride around like uh, bucks or deer or hmm. giant goats. They ride them around, and they have two knives. Do one, they look one like people? Uh, yes, this one kind of looks like a person. They have a fright factor of six, whereas the boogeyman only has a fright factor of four. So is this a one to ten scale? I think it's a one to ten scale. One being, you know what, you're kind of weak. And like ten being like, you're really freaking me out. This is a one to ten scale. I just I, I just skipped ahead. This is a one okay. to ten scale. Okay. But the one I saw didn't have a ten. You'll just have to wait and see what it is. Okay. That's my scary noise. Oh. <laughs> Did you get scared at all? A little bit, but I'll get over it. More so just creeped out. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, I, I apologize. The Bokenridgeders, they ride flying goats. And they were, it was a legend created from an actual band of thieves in the uh, 1700s that would run around from farm to farm intimidating farmers. And they would just like yell and terrorize farmers. What buttholes? Well, yeah, it's kind of a BH move. But if you think about it today, it's equivocal to a bunch of teenagers running around and TPing people's houses. Because yeah. they wouldn't hurt anyone. But the, the picture here just shows them on a giant buck holding two knives and they're wearing very fashionable hats. Uh, so fright fact they got fashionable hats on, though. But I would think that they'd be more scary or scarier than the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman only has a four, and the Bokenridgeders have a six. Well, because they run around terrorizing stuff. And I guess there's multiple of them. Yeah. Which I think if that if there's one clown, scary. Two clowns, exponentially scarier, scarier way scarier. Imagine the movie It. Not the new one, but the, the Tim Curry It. If there were three Tim Curry clowns, yeah, no, thank you. Be scary. Or, yep, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, there'll so be another on. It that'll come out. Double they, it? They release it every 27 years. Oh, is that the thing? Yeah, because it was like, it was kind of a true story-ish in like a t small town. I forget, I think it starts with a D, but like there was a small town and kids would end up like missing and like people had claimed to see like apparitions of a clown Ew. roaming around. So I think these kids might have been getting abducted. And then there was one kid that came back with like a missing arm. Oh. And he was like, I saw an apparition of a clown, and he did this to me. And it's said that every 27 years, this happens again to another kid. So I think that's what they're doing with the movie, is they're releasing it, and then 27 years later, they do it again. 
So we have 27 oh. more years before they do it again. Got it. I'm pretty sure. So 27 years from now, that'll be 2021. Yeah, so <laughs> another It movie. That was my bad joke. That's in my, that's, I think that's in like three years. Yeah, I know. Four, oh, okay. I just, it's just hard because you didn't laugh a lot at my super funny joke. I know. So it was well, difficult I saw where, to... where you were going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Molly, don't. The next boogeyman is called the Bootsamon from Germany. Also known as the Bootsa, the Boomon, the Mumelmon, or the Popelmon. Purple man? <laughs> yeah, Popelmon. I thought that was Prince. Which that's how I would have said purple when I was in like second grade and under because I had a speech impediment. Aww. That's okay. It's like kind of endearing, I guess. Anyways, you can find this person, the Bootsamon in the Netherlands or Scandi- anywhere in Scandinavia as well. The Bootsamon has no face and it's a goblin that wears a cloak. Hides mm. in dark corners, under your bed, in the closet. This is one of my favorite ones because why it attacks kids? It just attacks kids when you stay up past your bedtime. <laughs> I feel like we have one of those living in our home then because like 9.30 hits and we're both out. Oh, like we know better. Yeah. Like you as a, you know, 30-year-old, 31-year-old, you need to like, you got to be in bed before 10. Yeah. Or the Bootsamon will come and kick your boots. Or you just can't get up for work the next morning. Because the Bootsaman makes you even more sleepy? Sure. Okay. The name comes from the word Bootsen, which means to make a racket. Or Verbotsen, uh, to conceal or disguise your appearance. There is a song, he's most famous for a silly G- uh, German children's song, Es tanz in Biba Bootsemann. It dances the bi- the Biba Bootsemann. Okay, it just I guess that's it. That, that's like a cool dances. German song. The next one is from Spain, and you would think uh, it being from Spain, it would have a Spanish name, correct? Yeah. Maybe something very exotic or very, like, very, um, att- like Spain is a very attractive language, a very beautiful language. Like Helen. Okay. Maybe like Helen, but this one's just called the Sack Man. Oh. <laughs> this sucks. is the Sack Man. Other names Ombre del Sacco. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Uh, or Erobachicos, which, okay, now that sounds Spanish. Yeah. But Ombre del Sacco. Does not sound very. Ombre del Sacco. It's me, Ombre del Sacco. I'm here to spook you. Ooh, scary noise. Do you think people like they ask him to repeat his name if he <laughs> says it, and then they're like, "Wait, what? What did you because, say?" Because por favor, no, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. It's a sack man. Or he like cough says it, so he doesn't sound like scary. Or or like, he says sack man, and they ask him, "What was it?" He's like, "Oh, uh, it was Michael. It's Michael." <laughs> It's me, Michael. He probably is good. <laughs> or he just changes his name to like a symbol. You're pro- oh, like Prince? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, just like a frowny face with claws or something. <laughs> or like little devil horns. You can also find the Sack Man, not to be confused with Scat Man, but the Sack Man. <laughs> totally different. Southern Europe and in Latin America. This is just an ugly, it says an ugly gaunt man who kidnaps naughty children in broad daylight and carries them away in a sack. Hence the name Sack Man. Sack Man. Depend- pretty self-explanatory. Pretty, yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like Krampus, but just like a man who's not like a huge goat, like a like a weird satyr kind of thing. Yeah. Just a man. Just a man. Uh, that's it. Oh, oh, and he's also a. Uh, in some cultures, a figure similar to Sackman works as Saint Nicholas's evil sidekick. Evil sidekick. So I that- thought Krampus was like Saint Nicholas's evil. Sidekick. But not a sidekick, though. Like a sidekick, you do stuff together. Like some would say, I'm your oh. sidekick. You know what I'm saying? 
Like when we're when we're like when we're doing stuff together, right? We uplift one another and support one another. Grocery shopping, bing bang bong, we we get it knocked out. <laughs> but like this would imply that Saint Nick is a nasty a nasty bearded man. Well, he seems odd. He does break into your house. Like there's that whole thing, right? Breaks into your house, yeah. eats food that you leave for him, which is like kind of rude. I mean, he leaves your presents, which is fine, but like I don't know, whatever. Anyways. Anyways, sack man. And then one on the list that I saw is the Baba Yaga. That you were talking about because of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, other names for the Baba Yaga are the Baba Roga, the something, there, it's Z-L-O-T-A, but the L has a cro- has like a line through it, so I don't know that one. And then there's other letters that I don't know what they are. So Baba Yaga, we'll, we'll just say Baba Yaga. Other wow. whereabouts are just Slavic countries. And this is a with uh, a wi- <laughs> A witch. A witch. <laughs> this uh, is just a, a scary witch. Watch out for the witch. <laughs> if you're going to go into the weeds, please be careful to scary witch. <laughs> this is a witch with a deep and powerful connection to the forest. She typically lives in a hut, but the hut stands on gigantic chicken legs. Oh, yeah. I know about this witch. Yeah, because it was in that Tomb Raider game we were playing. It was really good. Was it? Yeah, the the oh. the Baba Yaga was in the new Tomb Raider game for PS oh. for PS4, and it was very fun. I feel like she's in a lot of things. Like there's certain movies and stuff that. Oh, there she is, old Chicken House. <laughs> the Chicken House lady. Great, here comes Chicken House. <laughs> I wonder if it's it's like that one person in your small town who like has the really noisy car or something, but you can always tell it's him or her coming from place to place because it's a house on chicken legs. Does the chicken legs move? They walk around. Yeah, they walk. That that that's how she gets around. She lives in a house, mm. and the chicken leg, chicken legs move the house around. Gotcha. She could never live in Columbus, though, because they would just build her as apartments <laughs> and then put a store underneath her chicken legs. Yeah, they would. They would cut off the chicken legs and put like a what, like a piata, piata, <laughs> or like a <laughs> piata downstairs, or, or a piata slash Panera slash Taco Bell combo restaurant, Amazon pickup store. <laughs> oh boy. I'm sneezing because of the Baba Yaga. She rides around in a big flying mortar and carries a giant pestle. So the the whole like cooking thing where you smash up your spices or whatever. Okay. What's she scary fl- about that? She might her combination she... of spices is very exotic. <laughs> it's kind of like she think might about, mash up. She might mash you up. What's the guy's name from uh, Mario Brothers? Is it Bowser? The turtle. The main boss. The like yeah. dragon guy. Kind of he, like he kind of flies around in a mortar. I mean, granted, it's a clown face, but she kind of flies around in a mortar like Bowser, but without the clown face. Just like a cool stone mortar you'd find at like William Sonoma for too much money. Yeah, you have to paint on your own clown face, though. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. come with clown face. Now, apparently, the Baba Yaga is ambivalent. Quote ambivalent towards humans. End quote. So she could either help you or eat you. I don't think there's any in between. Mm. I'm not sure what she'd help you with. Like. Guide you through the woods. Spices. Oh, yeah. Like if I'm making a killer cupcake recipe <laughs> and I just need something like, oh, man, I got to use cinnamon and ginger. How am I going to do this? How am I going to grind up these spices? Beep she boop. comes grind up your spices. Call, you speed dial the Baba Yaga. Or if you're like, I heard about, I want to sound really fancy for a dinner party. And for some reason, I just need Ross El Hanout. And I don't know what it is at all. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Those are my Baba Yaga cupcakes. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Little cupcakes, but instead of the little cups on the bottom, they're like little chicken legs. Little chicken feet. The next one here. Oh, the the Baba Yaga comes in at a five on the scare scale, but a three on the height scale. 
So kind of small and not very scary, but she flies into mortar and pestle. Like, what's a three on the height scale? Like, what's the one to ten? Like, ten, you're gigantic. Like, you're like Jack and the Beanstalk giant or like... I would think that three is fairly little because the next few get up there in terms of height. Okay. So the next one is also, so far, the scariest one on the scale in terms of fright ranking scare level this is the it's from algeria and i do not know how to pronounce it ha wahua perfect i'm sure that's exactly <laughs> See, how do you say it try to just say it that one's really weird try to say it ha wa ha wa yeah yeah which is also how i laugh typically if i'm like like if it's like in a like a sort of polite setting or you know like a like a fancy dinner party i'll put on my fancy laugh you say that? <laughs> yeah, I laugh like that. <laughs> okay. And people love it. And they're like, wow, he must be so smart. Oh, people love it. People love it when I they laugh like you? that. They tell you? Yeah. They, I laugh like that and they go, hold on, you must be I so smart. I love that. Hold on, you must be so smart and I love that. And I go, <laughs> yeah, I'm very smart and I'm glad you love my... my." Excuse me, sir. I just want to let you know, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't tell you your laugh or anything. Just, I love it. Oh, but it's no longer than that. It's always just, whoa, whoa. When, people, when, when I'm trying to be academic or very smart, I'm trying to think of bigger words for being smart. Hmm, really smart is a good word to use. Okay, well, tell me about it. Okay, it's from Algeria. It's a nine on the fright scale. So it's a scary thing. This is the scariest one so far, and there's one more level to go. This one, it's it's a little playing card. Looks very, very, very scary. And it's a seven on the height scale, and it lives in the desert. Okay. So it's it's a monster, and its body is composed of just a bunch of different animal parts. So it's hmm. this amalgam of all these creepy, nasty little animals. What animals, though? Because it, is it like desert animals or just random animals? I think it's randomals, but let me... Randomals. There, there's just a little bit left in the description, and then there's a picture of it, and it looks really creepy, and I'll describe it. So it's composed of different animal parts, eyes that are blobs of flaming spit, and a coat made from the clothes of the children it's eaten. So mm. if you have like a baller starter jacket, it will take your what like uh, L.A. Lakers starter jacket, and it'll take your cool. I like, just think Jinkos that's funny because back in the day, it was like homemade, like actual nice clothes, and like he's probably super disappointed nowadays because it's like he has limited two glitter shirts that say like "Get It Girl" on it. Like that sucks. <laughs> or or he's wearing one of those shirts that we when we were out and about today. I I have this thing where little kids who are like easily under 10 who wear shirts that like say stuff that they obviously don't do that their parents bought them it makes me so mad this little kid he had to have been eight years old wearing a shirt that said bench on it like, you don't bench you he don't might. lift any weights you're eight years old he doesn't lift weights <laughs> okay it's just enraging there was the one there was the one that's like eight year old kid was wearing a shirt that said all day buckets and like that <laughs> that's what set it off for me because there's no way as an eight-year-old that first of all you're just shooting you're shooting buckets nonstop. It's three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, and that's all day. All day long you're just that's sinking their dream. buckets. That's you're their s- dream though, is all day buckets. Let them dream big. I mean, you gotta start small and then like then maybe he'll have a shirt on saying, like, I'm gonna actually go to school and be an astronaut one day. I'm gonna wear a shirt that's things that little kids actually do. Uh, like cereal today and like that's it. 
like that's all they do. Or uh, uh, diaper boy. And like they're like, aren't you 31? Yeah. Well, I don't believe your shirt. Well, I'm a diaper boy. That's what I'll say. <laughs> okay. That's what I'll say. But the way that the Hawawa looks in here, he has a scorpion tail. He has this armor. He has the beak of an eagle. He has small horns and like a turtle shell and looks pretty scary. A fairly imposing, gigantic hell beast. Sorry, heck beast. How big is this beast? It's a it's a it's a seven on the on the height scale. So fairly so tall. Probably big. Probably big. Okay. If we're thinking that a little old a little old crazy witch who flies around in a mortar is a three, and this animal amalgam is a seven, probably pretty tall. Yeah, he's probably like maybe a little bit bigger than like Sasquatch. I, I would think so, or maybe like around Sasquatch height. Yeah. You know what do you think? Like six and a half to eight foot. Mm. Sure. Well, I don't know, but what I do know is that I have two more of these that I'm going to pick from because one of them, in terms of comparison, is a nine on the height scale. Okay. And this is the Garumapa from Belize. No, sorry. I don't know where this one went, but its card is there. All you have to know is its, its picture is a giant shirtless man wearing a tiger skirt, and he's flexing, and he's enormous. But there's nothing about him in, in this list. But it's the Guru Mappa. You can look him up if you want. He's fun. So that brings me to my last one called the Tata Duende. Is he from PA, probably? Tata Duende from Pennsylvania. <laughs> from Erie, from Warren, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Our neighbor to the east. No, the uh, Tata Duende is from Belize. And I wanted to talk about this one because he looked like Pokey, your little, your imaginary character. What's that his name? Pokey? Oh, my imaginary friend when I grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Because he has a beard. And was, was Pokey fairly small? Pokey was very small. Yeah, well, the Tata Duende is only a one on the height scale. And also not scary. It's only a three. So if I made up this imaginary character that sounds like a boogeyman character, does that mean maybe I was talking to ghosts when I was little? It means you might have been talking to the Tata Duende from Belize, yeah. Well, he ate really good in our house because he got hot dogs when we ate hot dogs. He got water and milk when we had milk. Well, look, do you think that kind of, I mean, he has a giant beard, a huge beard almost onto his feet. Yeah. Trips on his feet. Yeah. Now, question for you. Did your imaginary character, Pokey, have thumbs? Don't call him an imaginary character. Sorry. He was my friend. <laughs> Sorry. Did your did your good friend, Pokey, have thumbs? You know, I don't remember. Okay, because the Tata Duende does not have thumbs. Okay, that and, wasn't something that I, I noticed about Pokey. And that's fine. Maybe you guys talked about other stuff, and it's nice that you overlooked <laughs> the no thumb thing. I think it's very progressive of you, and that's very that's that's admirable. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think Pokey was sort of a guardian of the forest and animals, or did he just like to eat hot dogs? Uh, Pokey just followed me around. Were you sort of a guardian of the forest and the animals, or did you just like to eat hot dogs? No, I don't know. Okay, well... I didn't really eat much of anything. I was a very picky eater. You would only eat raw rice and paper. No, oh, okay. but fairly close. But hot dogs, too. It's basically like hot dogs, chicken nuggets, and occasionally a buttered noodle or two. Mm, one, just one single yeah. <laughs> rigatone, a buttered rigatone. Yeah. Well, Tata Duende uh, translates to Papa Goblin, which is cute and nice. Parents warn their children that if they stay outside after dark or wander into the jungle, Tata Duende will get them. It doesn't say what he'll do, just he'll just get them. See, that's the thing that's funny is because my imaginary friend Pokey, when he wasn't around, maybe that's what he was doing. Oh, you think just wandering the wandering the, the jungles of Belize and like 
getting kids. Yeah. But when I think get him, if if Tata Duende is only a three on the scary scale and is a one in terms of height, I would think he would just get the kids and go, hey, I got your partner. Let's get you back up to your house. And it's a three because I would I would sort of associate a three with being like, oh, where you get scared really quick, where <laughs> you might get nervous oh. and make that noise because you're scared. Yeah. And then you get. He startles you. Yeah. And then he chaperones you back to your house. I don't know. He says, please don't look at my hands. I only have eight fingers total. No thumbs. Well, see, my imaginary friend, Pokey, he didn't talk. Oh. He didn't talk at all. And he wasn't around all the time. He just showed up here and there. For hot dog night. But he did make sure that my mom strapped him in a seatbelt every time we got in the car. So. Well, that's just safe. Good job, Pokey. Good job, Pokey. <laughs> or the Tata Duende. We don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. Uh, the last one I'm going to say two sentences about is the Kuka from Brazil. And it's an alligator witch. Oh. And that's it. Just classic case of the kooka. <laughs> <laughs> the kooka, the alligator witch. So if you know anything about those boogie people, let us know. If you know any other ones, if you'd like to corroborate, oh, hey, I was punched by a kooka or by the hawawa. I was punched by that one. Only if you're punched. Let us know. Yeah. At spooky underscore spouses on Twitter. And we also talked about my creepy imaginary friend, which that's a whole nother can of worms that... I mean, my mom and brother were terrified that I had this imaginary friend. But if you had an imaginary friend when you were little, also let us know. Because yeah. it's a very creepy <clears throat> thing that we make up. And still today, being, you know, 31 years old, I don't know why I had that imaginary friend and what it really did for me. No, but it was nice. Your little yeah. buddy, Pokey. I guess so. I think so. But tell us about your creepy imaginary friend. I still have an imaginary friend today. <laughs> it's my own imaginary Rick Moranis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have imaginary Rick, Rick Moranis and imaginary Ray Liotta, because I've just been like really into Ray Liotta recently, and an imaginary um, RuPaul at the house that we all hang out together. Oh, yeah. RuPaul would be a good person. Well, it, yeah. Okay. Well, right. we'll take a short little uh, music break, and then I have a little story to tell when we come back. I'm ready for it. Okay. <laughs> Here's music in three. Two. Boo. Okay, so welcome back. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed your 10 or 15 second little break. Maybe you got some popcorn. <laughs> Maybe you made yourself a little sandwich. Maybe you made yourself a sandwich, but you were doing the thing where you used lettuce instead of bread for the bread, and that's fine. Yeah, 2018. Healthy t- 2018. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, like, rhyming. Well, there is. I'm sure there is a lot of rhyming. 2000 Great Greens. <laughs> Great green. Eating clean. Eating clean 2018. 2018. Lettuce for bread 2018. Hope there's no worms in your lettuce. Worm in your lettuce? I hope I hope not 2018. Okay, so are you ready for a little story? I'm ready for a story. I just had a sip of my LaCroix and I'm ready for a story. Okay, so my story is about Robert Liston. Have you ever heard of Robert Liston? Robert Liston? Robert Liston. Like Liston iced tea? Yeah. That's yes. Lipton, but okay. <laughs> I've not heard of Robert Liston. Okay, so Robert Liston was born on October 28th, and this was in 1794. That's maybe why you haven't heard of him, but well, 
He was pretty legendary. Um, he lived in Scotland. His dad was Henry Liston. He was a Scottish clergyman and also inventor. So he worked at the, his his dad was a clergyman. Yeah. So his dad was a church person and invented things. And invented things. Okay. So Robert Liston, um, very smart dude, went to the University of Edinburgh. He became a surgeon in 1818. Okay. So smart dude, um, really ambitious. And he kind of had a big head. I mean, a lot of his colleagues and well, his peers didn't like say. him. He, you know, got in a lot of quarrels, a lot of fights with people. He was just kind of kind because, of a butthole. Because he was an egomaniac? No, I think he was just really pretentious. And, well, that's kind of like he was conceited. And he was smart, so, you okay. know. But the thing that was really surprising to many people is that people would say the meanest things about him, but they would say when he was with patients, he was so compassionate and personable and so charitable about, like, with the poor and the sick. Okay, so he was a philanthropist. So, yeah, he was just, he was a really good guy for what his practice was, but, Uh like, towards his coworkers, he didn't want anything to do with it. He was a, uh, a dinkus in the streets... But a nice guy when he was wearing his sheets, which are your scrubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but, so anyways, Robert, Bob, I don't know if anyone really called him Bob. They probably called him Robert because that sounds more pretentious than Bob. But, Bobby Liston. Um, you have to remember, too, This is at this time, there was no anesthesia. Like. Okay, so where is this headed? So. Oh, no. Well, I mean, we are spooky spouses. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> there was no anesthesia in this time. So when he performed all his surgeries, a lot of times with war and infection and stuff, like a lot of amputations were needed, and he would try to amputate as fast as possible to help them from suffering so Robert, and bleeding to death. Robert Liston invented the sword. No, he oh, did not oh, invent okay. the sword. Okay. But... He knew that speed was essential to minimize pain and prove the odds of them surviving because they would bleed out to death. Mm-hmm. So most surgeons around this time lost one to four patients. And like what time span? Just like doing amputations? Yeah, doing surgeries, amputations, stuff like that. But Liston was well known because he would lose one in ten patients. Okay. And most surgeons would lose one to four. So... They would lose a lot, a higher number of patients that had to do surgeries and amputations and stuff. But he almost, like, he more than doubled his, like, improvement or something, or, like, the yeah, so it was like, survival rate, I guess. So it was, like, an honor to almost be operated by him because, like, you <laughs> knew that you maybe could survive and, you know, you would get your limb cut off properly and fast. I would like to get my leg cut off by Dr. Robert Liston, please. <laughs> I don't know if you get a choice. That'd be sweet if you did. And this is also at a time, too, when they would do, like, that typical, like, where you would see a surgeon in a big room and there'd be, like, an audience all around you, like, learning and stuff like that. So he was kind of impressive to watch because it was said that he could amputate, like, a leg or a limb Mm -hmm. in two minutes. Now, I don't know anything about modern medicine, but that seems fairly quick to get a in 1818 limb. yeah to get a leg karate chopped off your body yeah that's like i mean two minutes even today is pretty fast do i get to guess his method well he would just use like a oh. saw and stuff i mean he would basically use knives and then when he got to the bone would use a saw 
to amputate whatever body part they needed to amputate. And he would just get in there. He'd grip and rip. Yeah, he was a man. He was, like, definitely, like, high rolling. You know, people were mad at him and thought he was kind of really pretentious and rude. But at the same time, like, he was good at what he did. So you kind of just let him do something. But he also removed a 45-pound tumor in four minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot to do in a little bit of time. In four minutes, and the guy survived. We've been watching Top Chef, and I think of their whole, like, mise en place challenges where you chop onions, you, you chopped celery or whatever. Imagine... Bobby Liston going in there and just just doing work. Yeah. He would actually say before he would operate, because there would be so many people around him. I just imagine this guy like being like, yo, sup? Maybe he comes in with a shirt like that says like Bobby style. all day buckets on it. All day ampos. <laughs> but he would say, he would raise his hand in the air and he would say, time me, gentlemen. And then he'd go at it. That, that is the equivalent of today. Of like dropping the mic or saying... Uh, Pretty much. Or I don't know, peep this. Do people say peep this? I don't know if they say peep this. Peep but... it. Peep and weep, y'all. <laughs> peep and weep, Bobby. But he was also referred to as the fastest knife in the West End. Ooh. So all the newspaper articles were coming out. They were really like on that Bobby train. Oh, like man. they're like, man. Imagine the amount of nicknames you would cultivate from being known as the as the professional who could chop people's limbs off you could so chop fast. It off. Well, they even said smaller limbs, like fingers and like even hands. Oh, he, he could, could elbow drop them off. He could do it in twenty eight seconds. That's so just like see ya. Now, is that just removing or also suture, like closing up? I think that's just the removal, and then he had nurses and stuff around him that would help him, like, his... stop the bleeding and, you know, basically, what is that, like, cauterize, well, oh, cauterize. cauterize yeah. the wound to get them to live. But, yeah, he'd get in there and just get it done. Like, he would chop it, ch- chop and lock. <laughs> <laughs> chop, lock, and then split. And then drop. Everybody has bad days. Oh, no. He ended up chopping off his own leg. No. Oh. <laughs> but this is where it kind of went wrong for Liston. He oh. was on top of his game. He had scheduled to amputate a patient's leg. He was in a big kind of arena, I guess you could say. He was in the middle and everybody was watching. It's like going to see Guns N' Roses at a stadium <laughs> and be like, Bobby. Hey, they had entertained themselves back in the day. But he had some peers that were a little closer to the table as well. Because they really wanted to see how, like, he was making his big debut that day. And I think he's got, I think he just had a really bad day. Like, maybe he woke up and, like, the coffee wasn't ready and, like, he was crabby. Maybe he had a flu. Fewer things make make me as bummed out. And I know it's so trivial, but, like, if we're running low on coffee, few things make me as sad as in the morning having, like, just a weak, weak, weak cup of coffee. <laughs> maybe that's so what I happened. Could, I could sympathize with this. If this is what happened... I know. Well, this is us assuming. But Robert, Bobby, he was scheduled to amputate a patient's leg. He wasn't really worried about it because he's like, I do this. I'm fast at it. I get it. All this stuff. He had a bunch of newspapers there that day and people, like really important people. Rolling Stone. So he goes He goes to perform the surgery. And, of course, time me, gentlemen, hand raised in the air. I'm gripping and ripping, gentlemen. And he had assistants that were around him. Now, think about, you don't have any anesthesia. You don't have anything to, like, 
numb anything. Yeah. So, like, basically the assistants were there to hold people down. Because mm-hmm. you're going to start thrashing around. I, well, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very strong. I just, I'd go, yeah, just, do, I guess just do your thing. Not that big of a deal to get my leg cut off. Yeah, so this patient did the typical thing, started thrashing around, and the assistants held him down. But he was thrashing a little more than usual, and Liston accidentally cut way higher than he had planned on the patient's leg. But he was already cutting, so he had to just go with it. Like... You know, whatever. I guess if you're going to lose an extra four inches of your leg, you might lose an extra four inches. Yeah. But the patients were holding him down so hard that he accidentally cut off one of the assistant's fingers while cutting. And he's fast. So he's just doing it fast and it's happening so fast that the assistant is just like, probably doesn't even notice for a couple seconds that their finger is gone. (laughs) And when she does, or they do... Mm -hmm. They, you know, start bleeding just like the leg that he's amputating also starts bleeding. And like I said, all these important people were around that day and blood was kind of slashing around everywhere. And it got onto an important spectator's coat. It didn't say like who the spectator was, but I guess he was an important guy. And so much blood got on his coat that he thought that the surgeon had cut him as well. Jeez. And immediately went into a panic attack, and they think that he, like, died on the spot of either a stroke or heart attack. It's like that scene in, what was it, the one Leslie Nielsen movie where they're, like, hunting vampires or something like that, and, like, they're trying to kill that vampire, and there's this blood spraying everywhere? I mean, I would imagine. I mean, you don't have any medicine, and you're just, like, cutting this off really fast, and then you got someone's finger. And I would imagine fingers would bleed... A lot because it's kind of like your blood rushes to your hands. Well, and I your would feet. imagine. I would imagine any of your limbs, if they got cut off, would bleed a ton. And like a, oh my gosh! And especially if someone is, like the 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 harder your heart is beating or the faster your heart is beating, your blood is pumping faster. So if you're getting a limb cut off and you're already freaking out because you're like, well, I'm about to get my leg cut off with no anesthesia and I have four or five people holding me down. You're just going to be spraying blood everywhere. And a finger gets... I bet you it was just... I bet you that, like, few minutes in time was just so Well, because think about it. He amputates legs in two minutes. So it's, like, the most nutty, crazy, bloody mess of two minutes of just, like, terror and screaming and people dying and the assistants bleeding and nobody knows what's going on. And, like, you still have a patient to remember that you're, like, amputating his leg. Yeah. Like, you still have to save him. Well, the assistant that got the finger cut off And the patient, they were whisked away and they tried to heal their wounds and stuff, but they both got infections and died. So the patient died, the assistant died, and that spectator died. So he was all over the newspaper of basically a 300% mortality rate. (laughs) So he went from like on his game to like, oh my God, you just killed three people in two minutes. Like that's crazy. But... He has spent some time still in the medical field, and everybody has their bad day, I guess. But (laughs) towards the end of his career, um, Liston performed the first surgery where anesthesia was used. Oh, I bet you So, like, he was probably like, oh, thank God. Like, I've been doing this for so long. And that patient was um, Frederick Churchill. 
Oh. So he could, with anesthesia, get amputees or amputated legs and arms and stuff mm-hmm. off in 25 seconds. Wow. So he still upped his game, even though he had that really bad day. Some would say maybe the worst day of many people's entire lives. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like that's a 300% mortality rate. I mean, I mean you and I uh, you and I come home after having a bad day of work and compared to well, I accidentally murdered three people? Yeah. So one would say kind of a bad day at work today. Yeah, like if the patient died, that was normal to that, happen. Yeah, that 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 happens, right? But uh, an assistant and just a spectator. Some do. Some you got him too. Somebody who showed up to write about it, who went, "I'll finally. This is my big break." And my boss said, "If I get this story, I'll finally make it. <laughs> I'll finally get out of my unpaid internship, and I'll make it." Oops, a Daisy. He died. He died right away because he got blood on your coat. Yeah, but the sadder thing is that he got to perform surgery anesthesia but unfortunately he did not live to see the full potential of anesthetics and he died a year after that church hill surgery in a sailing accident in 1847 oh that's sad so he was out sailing and he's like i'm smooth sailing i'm actual Uh sailing i died so he only got a year with anesthesia and stuff to see like imagine what he could have probably done with this new medicine I bet you on that, because he was, he'd say, time me, gentlemen. I bet you on that sailing trip, maybe there was one person who survived, and they were like, right before, right before he got knocked unconscious by the whatever, some part of the boat that I don't know the name of, he said, some would say that we're smooth sailing. And then he got knocked unconscious, and they were like, wow, what a cool thing to say. And then that was his legacy. Mm. More, more so than gripping and ripping and cutting off a leg or a finger or whatever. It was the it was the 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 phrase smooth sailing. Smooth sailing, maybe. maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's true, but yeah, I think I it mean, might be true. I just imagine him like saying instead of saying like "time me, gentlemen," like he would be so fast and with like anesthesia, it would be ridiculously fast that he would just get like "time me in," and then it would just be like, "Oh, I'm already done, gentlemen." Yeah, seriously. Or he yeah he'd go in there. It'd be his trick. He'd go in there, amputate really quick, and he'd go. Oh, my mistake. I just did the whole thing. And then I go, oh, bravo. He was like a magic show in Vegas. Yeah. Like he actually that's, would work on patients. That's something they don't do on America's Got Talent. Speed amputation. Yeah, I don't think um, that's, you know, a thing. You had Grace Vanderwall. You had the girl this last year who did the ventriloquism, who was very, very, very good. Both of those people are very good. Yeah, what about think, some speed amputation? Yeah, I, don't think that, I don't think that's what America needs right now. Um, so they had that chicken on there. They could play piano. You don't. Do you think America needs a, the Which chicken? Which chicken played the puppy halftime show? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> also, I didn't see the puppy halftime show at the Super Bowl, but I saw a clip, and I'm pretty sure that chicken oh, played at the halftime show. I love that. That's chicken. wonderful. That chicken. If that chicken would have won, I would have gone. Yep. No, it's, it, we'll talk about the chicken later. All right. But that's just the little story that I have. I thought it was kind of funny and sad at the same time. And we haven't really talked about a lot of gory things. Like, yeah, gore right. is a big spooky factor. And I don't know, I was thinking about it because we just recently started watching Ash vs. Evil on Netflix, oh, which yeah. I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's ridiculous gore. If you like, absolute just nonsense 
gore monster zombie stupidness like they always are the living dead series and stuff then just check out ash versus evil it actually really held up to what i expected of it yeah when 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 it comes to like the campy sort of horror or sci-fi genre of movies gratuitous gore or like any sort of gratuity i guess monsters heads getting sliced off needless gore and stuff like that it's it just makes it it makes it that much better because to me it shows that they're self-aware enough to go like we understand what we are we understand why people are watching it silly oh i love it needless gore and campy movies is one of my favorite things on earth (laughs) on earth (laughs) on earth on this entire blue planet season two which is very good yeah well, yeah, if you have any other stories or any other needless, stupid horror movies <laughs> that we need to watch, just let us know at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or you can get to us on Twitter or Instagram, and we are on both of them, their things, at Spooky underscore Spouses. We sure are. Okay. Uh, so we are also part of the Scavengers Network of podcasts which is a wonderful little network that our buddy Colin and his friends have started up. Some of the other podcasts on the network, if you'd like to check them out, which we recommend that you do, Journey Under 30, Academy Outcasts, State Your Case, and The Bad Pen Pal, which is a new show, the newest one on the network that Colin started, where he interviews one of his buddies every week, because it's this is his way of keeping in touch with people. That's I a, think that's a good idea. I do too. And Eli Chambers also wrote the music for that one too. Yeah, good job, Eli Chambers. Good job, Eli Chambers. Tearing up that podcast world. Gripping and ripping and flipping out tunes. Oh, I thought you were going to say fluting out. And fluting out. Fluting out. Good job on your fluting skills, Eli. We love that you play the flute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, I think that'll do it for us. Yeah, thanks for listening. We uh, wouldn't be here without our listeners. So thank you for being supportive. And let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about or bring up. Or if there's anything you don't want us to talk about. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to talk about lettuce and worms ever again. Please won't say it. Please don't ever talk about baseball. Okay, (laughs) well, we won't talk about baseball. Maybe you want us to use baseball puns throughout the whole show. That's fine. I was going to think of a baseball pun, but I can't. I'm not, I'm really not good at puns. Well, that's because you're not a a heavy hitter. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Lindsay. Baseball. You're so bad. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us and stay tuned because we have a new episode every Monday. Yep, we sure do. And thank you for spreading the word. If you're going to tweet about the show, please use the Spooky Spouses hashtag so we can see what the heck is going on over there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a spooky week. Have a Baba Yaga Tuesday. Ooh. Yeah, you're welcome. Don't be a Robert Liston. Well, I think in like internally, like your spirit animal could be one of like a Robert Liston style, but just be careful. (laughs) Everyone has bad days. Everyone has bad days, guys, but you know what? Just be careful out there. But just think if you have a bad day, at least you didn't kill three people. Yeah, by chopping off their legs and then a finger and then splattering a spectator journalist with blood. Yeah. Keep up the good work, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And join us next week for, for more spooky topics. Bye-bye. Bye.